We're back on Show Me Today. A future guest is Caitlin McConnell, the creator of the website Ozarks Alive that captures and preserves Ozark culture. Ashley Bird checks in with Caitlin about her recent work. It's been going great. Um, you know, it's uh, so much fun being able to go out and about and get to meet people and learn about what's going on because it seems like it's changing every day. Uh, you know, see change in all parts of the country, but especially here in the Ozarks, it seems like things are evolving pretty fast. And you've not run out of stories yet. I have not, and I hope that that never happens. <laughs> There's so much, so much to learn still. Well, um, one of the ways I've learned that you can kind of share all this information is you not only on the website, which is Ozarks Alive, but you also compile a, a kind of guidebook. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, when I began Ozarks Alive back in 2015, something I would get asked from time to time was for suggestions on where people could go and, you know, do things to really experience the Ozarks on a new level. And I really kind of got the idea after a while that there might be a need for a, you know, concentrated uh, list of suggestions, if you will, of, of things that people might want to go and do and see. And so I published a guidebook. The first one came out in 2019. Um, good or bad, I don't know. It came out right before the pandemic. And so especially a lot of the things that were drivable, I think I heard from people, you know, it was an excuse to get out and, and go in the car and social distance and all those things we did back then. Um, but people, thankfully, the reaction was so um, positive that I decided to publish a, a second volume last year. And so late last year in 2022, a uh, second volume came out. And basically, in both these books, they're completely different from each other, but they complement one another. And they're basically, you know, lists of stories, many stories about different places throughout Southwest Missouri and Northwest Arkansas um, that people can go and feel like they've had an Ozarks experience. And the, you know, categories are varied. Um, some are outdoors, some are food related, some are music related or cultural based. Um, I tried to do a little bit of different things for everybody. And this uh, can be ordered online on your website. Is there any other way we can get it? Probably for folks outside of the Ozarks, that's the easiest way. There are a few stores in the Springfield area, um, or Southwest Missouri, rather, area. But um, it's the easiest way is to just order it online from oh. Ozarks Alive. Okay. So you're always compiling stories. You're always out in the field. Um Want to mention a, a couple of, of, of new stories that you've run across that you'd like to share with our Show Me Today audience? Yeah. Um, you know, something that has become of greater interest to me, really, I'd say over the last year, is quilting. And it's kind of ironic because I've never actually quilted in my life, other than I guess you could count the nine patch quilt I did when I was about 10. Um, but as an adult, I've never done it. But I've been, become fascinated by the tradition involved in a lot of quilting circles throughout the Ozarks, both, um, you know, the artistry and the, the tradition of being able to make one, but also the tradition of people gathering and being, you know, part of a community and what that means today. And this came to light, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, when I did a story about a group of quilters in the tiny little community of Raider, Missouri, which is down in Webster County. Um, for point of reference, it's about an hour away from Springfield um, to the north. And the reason that this attracted my attention especially was because the quilting group has been meeting since 1936. 
1936. One, wow. So 1936. They, and wow. Yeah, they passed this along. It's mind-blowing to me, too. Yeah. They, so they, it's yeah. not the same people. Clearly, they've passed this down from generation to generation. They have, except that the thing that, you know, I, I was impressed before I ever arrived that day. Um, but the thing that really blew my mind when I got there was there was a lady. Well, let me back up for a second. The impetus for this group starting was that the community experienced a devastating tornado the same year, 1936. And people decided they wanted to do something to help each other. And so initially, the first iteration of this club was begun. It was under a different name, but, but the same kind of concept ha was, was taking place. And that group, one of the ladies of the, who's a member of the club today, she's in her 90s, was going to those meetings with her mother. And so technically, you could say that one member in particular has been attending nearly its entire existence, uh, except for a few years when she didn't live in the area. But going back to the 1930s, it was it was very amazing. So how's this quilting group coming along now? You know, kind of like um, a, a lot of traditions, unfortunately, it's it's needing new members. Um, you know, when I, I was there, I think there were six quilters. And, you know, several of them had been involved for a very long time. Uh, there was another member there who's the third generation of her family to be involved. But, you know, like I said, like we're seeing in these really remote areas, you're not having the same number of people step up um, to join. And hopefully that'll change. Like it's that's there's always hope that more people will come and keep it going. It's still going right now. I hope it keeps going for a long time. But you know, it is different than um, maybe in the past when our small rural communities had these pipelines of people who were kind of um, joining things and being involved, uh, you know, on an ongoing basis. That must be a little bittersweet as you're chronicling these things, you're, you're gathering photographs, you're archiving uh, for Ozarks Alive as a writer. Your photographs are amazing on the site. Um, Thank you. That these may not be here in 20 years. You know, that's got to be bittersweet, isn't it? It's, you know, it is. And that's really one of the key reasons I do this. You know, as we, we said at the top of this uh, segment, changing times are happening every day. You know, it's it's always been that way. It's not just that it's it's a now thing, but it feels like these traditions are maybe evolving in a different way than they used to in the past, evolving in a way that they might not exist in the future. And to me, that's part of this race against time to try to at least document, you know, uh, what I can so that 20 years from now, if these things don't exist or certain ones don't exist, at least we have a record of it having been here. I guess the question for me is now that we have social media and anyone in the world can go to Ozarks Alive and learn something about what's what's going on there. Um, you hope that it would also be a way to uh, strengthen the traditions themselves. You know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of things involve, you know, group participation and things like that. But maybe a hope is to uh, be a resource as well. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I think it's some of the traditions we have, um, you know, they don't work the same in the world that we have today. I mean, speaking of quilting circles specifically, I mean, a lot of the ones I've written about or visited are generally, um, you know, comprised of people who've retired 
or maybe in some of them, people who didn't work outside the home and they meet during the daytime. And so when we live in a world where most people work um, during weekdays, you know, it doesn't translate the same as maybe it did 50 years ago. And so, you know, how will those, and I'm not blanket stating that everybody is like that, but, you know, there are just elements that are a little different than what our normal lives are based around today. And so I don't know, um, you know, how much I'll be able to affect change in that way. But to your point about being a resource, one uh, particular example that comes to mind um, from a couple of months ago, which was really cool, was I was reached out to by a gentleman from the UK who had discovered the Ozarks uh, through a musician that he'd been started following from many years ago who uh, spent a lot of time in the 1950s and 60s and 70s recording Ozark musicians. And this man in the UK had stumbled across him and become interested, and he found Ozarks alive. And he began reading about, you know, different parts of the Ozarks and just became fascinated by the culture here and the unique elements of it. And so that makes me feel really good. I mean, I always want people locally to be able to understand and appreciate more about the region, but due to the advent of the internet and social media, you know, maybe people in other parts of the planet are also becoming more aware of what is going on here in the Ozarks. Absolutely. Caitlin McConnell, uh, we love following you as you venture out to record and write and photograph uh, Ozarks life and legacies. Uh, again, your your guidebook is at Ozarks Alive. Uh, what is the website again? The, Oza- the website is OzarksAlive.com and the guidebooks are called Passports to the Ozarks and they're accessible on the website. Caitlin, we always enjoy talking with you. Thank you so much. Can't wait to hear about your next adventure. Caitlin McConnell of Ozarks Alive on Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.